Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to do a little life update and chat about a few things that have been on my mind and that I've seen come up in a lot of my client conversations recently. And I think you're going to find that this is kind of an interesting insight into the fact that a lot of us deal with very similar things. But a lot of the time we feel very, very alone. We feel like I am the only person that deals with this stuff. And I hope that this episode, and I hope a lot of my episodes, serves to help you realize that you are not the only person that feels the way that you feel about a lot of things. And this is a key component of learning to practice self-compassion is also knowing I'm not the only person that this happens to. This is a normal human experience and hopefully this podcast can provide you with some ways that you can more effectively deal with those things and feel more connected to others even though you're just listening to my disembodied voice. And so with that, let's hop in to a little bit of a life update. And I wanted to share a little bit about my experience with this sort of newer, more structured gratitude practice that I've been doing. Um, For a long time, I sort of saw a gratitude practice as this very like wellness influency, like, you know those wellness influencers that do these like get ready with me or like here's my morning routine videos and they like set up their ring light and their camera and they like somehow film themselves getting out of bed and they pretend that's like when they actually got out of bed. And so I associated it very much with these types of like wellness influencer, this is what my morning routine is like. And as I learned more about gratitude and how it actually like shapes perspective and can shape our minds, I was like, okay, I need to revisit this and I want to hold myself accountable to it in a, in a certain, in some way, right? And the best way for me to do that was I was like, you know what, I'm going to share something I'm grateful for every morning on my Instagram. And I've been fairly consistent with it now for quite a few weeks. If you follow me on Instagram, you will see this fairly consistently on my Instagram. And the interesting thing is it now has me looking at my life in a very different perspective. And interestingly, I thought about this the other morning because as you know, if you've been listening to this, I'm a crazy dog lady. I'm obsessed with my rescue dog. And she generally tends to sleep really well through the night. Um, Occasionally she'll like scratch herself and that's kind of annoying and it'll wake me up. But for the most part, she's great about sleeping through the night. Very occasionally, she will have to wake up in the middle of the night because she's got a bad stomach or she drank way too much water before bed, whatever. And this actually happened the other night. And I woke up in the morning and initially I was like, I feel terrible. Like I really struggled to get back to sleep after she woke me up and I took her out to pee. And, uh, and I was actually thinking, I was like, you know what? I'm actually really grateful for the fact that I have a dog that knows to wake me up so that she can actually go outside and pee or throw up or diarrhea or whatever she needs to do instead of a dog that just does it in the house. It's like, I am so grateful that she does that. And I realized that I would not have thought this way if I had not spent the last few weeks every morning like seeking out things to be grateful for. And this really aligns with a lot of what I've been talking about in my client sessions recently, especially as I just started a new group of The Confident Eater, which is my group um, food mindset coaching program, where we really work on 
developing a relationship with food that helps you feel more balanced and less obsessive. So a lot of the women in this group are individuals that are trying to get away from tracking macros or they feel like they think about food all the time. And one of the things that we've identified in both my groups and a lot of my one-on-one clients is we don't tend to have a lot of joy or seek out a lot of joy in our day-to-day. Like we tend to do a lot of things sort of on autopilot. We have a lot of routines. A lot of the women I've been speaking to recently are like, you know what, I'll finish work or I'll get home from work and I just like want to crash on the couch and I end up scrolling, right? And this sometimes can be restorative. Like sometimes lying down on the couch, watching TikTok is like what we need to do. But a lot of the time we do this as sort of a habit and a way to almost escape our lives. And one of the things that in the conversations I've been having has been really powerful is like, how can we start looking for little bits of joy in your day-to-day? And this doesn't necessarily mean that we need to like change your day. This simply means we need to change how we're looking at it, right? And so, for example, a conversation I had recently with a one-on-one client, I was like, what if we just look at like your morning coffee in a different light? What if we look at this morning coffee that you look forward to every day? You're like, I can't wait to get up and drink my coffee. And we actually take a moment to like smell the coffee, to actually taste that first little little sip of coffee, to maybe stand outside on the balcony and like get some sun while we're drinking that first sip. And that can be a moment of joy. And that can be a little way to get out of our routine. And this continues to cultivate this sort of like gratitude, joy mindset. And this can be really powerful, especially for some of the women that I've talked to that after work, especially when we're like kind of tired, we sort of just don't want to, we don't want to make effort. We don't want to put effort into things. And so this is where asking yourself, where can I find little bits of joy and not necessarily thinking like we need to overhaul our lives, right? And this is something that I get caught into too, is I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll have a week where I don't have a lot of social plans and I'll be like, I'm so bored. And I can actually find a lot of joy in the boredom if I think about it like, ooh, this means me not having plans means I get to watch an episode of like some shitty reality TV show, right? But if watching that shitty reality TV show is what I do every single day, I don't find as much joy in it. So that's just something that's been coming up that I wanted to chat about and also really aligns well with this concept of foreboding joy. And foreboding joy is a concept that you've heard me talk about Brene Brown And I, she's like, for all things mindset, vulnerability, leadership, um, emotions, if you have not read anything Brene Brown, please go do it. And if you want to DM me, I will recommend my favorite pieces of her, either books or audios or whatever. And foreboding joy is something that really came up in my life a lot, especially with dating. Um, And Foreboding joy is essentially this concept of like things are good or something good happens or I feel good about something, but I also feel this sort of like dark cloud hanging over thinking about like, but this is going to end or something bad is going to happen to ruin this, right? And so it kind of takes us out of the joy of the present moment and we almost kind of struggle to fully enjoy the present moment because we're thinking about, yeah, but this isn't going to last. And This comes up a lot when I work with clients on like new habits or new ways of approaching their relationship with food. Um, But I want to, because this is a life update, I want to share a little bit about how this shows up in my life um, because it shows up a lot when we're building new skills, but also I think it shows up a lot in like relationships, right? Where for me, like I tend to be, my 
initial, my like general tendency, how do I phrase this? So this is something I've been working on a lot. I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this before, but I tend to be quite anxious in relationships and I've done a lot of work, especially over the last couple of years around my anxious attachment style and becoming more secure and more confident in relationships. And it's been incredible. Um, I think that it, I definitely have to attribute the, the work that I've done in a certain part to my capacity to have built what I believe to be now a very, very, very healthy relationship that I'm very happy in. But the beginning of this relationship with my partner, so when we met, I was, I had done a lot of work on my anxious attachment and I was in a period of dating where I was like, you know what? I'm just meeting people. Like, it's cool to just meet new people. There's no pressure. Like, I was having fun. I was in a fun period of dating, right? And I met him and I was like, oh my gosh, this person is like a really quality person. He's fantastic. And I noticed that old feeling of foreboding joy starting to creep in. This feeling of, but this is going to end. Something's going to happen. Something is going to ruin this. And I had a little chat with myself and I was like, you know what, Jillian? This may end. This person may disappear from your life tomorrow. They may meet someone else that they like better and they might be gone. That is a possibility that you cannot control. However, let this also serve as proof that you can build a connection like this. Let this serve as proof that there are humans out there, there are men out there that are like this person. And if nothing else, just be grateful that you know that people like this person exist. And this was an incredible way for me to limit this feeling of foreboding joy in this relationship because I also think that foreboding joy can sometimes lead to what we call self-sabotage. So I'm going to talk about this especially in relationship with food because I think that a lot of you listening may resonate with this. And so let's say you have like a really great week of eating. You feel really confident in your eating habits. You notice that maybe you're starting to feel like you're pausing more or you're eating more mindfully or it's easier to make choices that align better with your values, right? And I'll often have clients that do this and they're like, yeah, but I'm scared it's not going to last. Which makes sense because in the past when you've tried to make changes, maybe things didn't last. And so you have this foreboding joy of like, I want to be proud of myself for this thing that I'm doing, but I also in the past have this experience of it just going sideways and me failing and I don't like that feeling. So in a part, me expecting that it's not going to last is somehow protecting myself, right? And this is where quote unquote self-sabotage comes up because we might do things either consciously or unconsciously to show ourselves that we are not out of this old pattern. And so I I wanted to give like a couple of tips on this because I think foreboding joy is something that whether it's in like a relationship or whether it's in your relationship with food, I think it's something that happens to a lot of us. And so I want you to first, if you have not listened to the recent episode on self-efficacy, your trust in your capacity for change – Go back and listen to that. I think it's like two episodes back. So maybe it's like 98, I think. And this is really important because this is about simply, even if what you are doing right now fails, it is about building belief in your ability to change overall. And you have, you prove to yourself all the time that you can change. Like if you think about who you are now, there are things in your life that have changed that you have changed yourself. You are not exactly the same person that you used to be. But so we want to start building this like, okay, I know that I can change. So the possibility is that I am changing and it may possibly last. 
And then we want to have mindfulness. We want to practice mindfulness. And part of mindfulness is being able to step back and observe. And so that is noticing and being able to call out like I'm having the thought or my mind is thinking that this may not last. My mind is telling me that I'm worried that this may not last. And remember that your thoughts are just thoughts. Like you being afraid that something may not last is not an indicator that that thing will not last. It is simply your mind having a thought, right? And then the third thing that we want to do is actually ask yourself in this situation, what is within my control and what is not within my control? Because the things that are within your control, so if it's in your relationship with food, it's likely in your control that you can pause before choosing something to eat, right? It is likely within your control that you can, um, you know, continue to practice learning your hunger and fullness cues, right? It is within your control that you can speak to yourself in a certain way about food. It is not within your control that someone brings you a treat or doesn't. It is not within your control where the supermarket displays certain foods. And so this is where we want to be clear on like the things that are not within our control, that's where we get to practice acceptance. And acceptance is not like having to like something. Acceptance is just like this is what it is, right? And so this foreboding joy, especially like going back to the example around my relationship, like I couldn't control if my boyfriend, who at that time was not my boyfriend, I couldn't control like who else he might be talking to or what other people crossed his path. Could not control that. Absolutely out of my control. I could control my communication with him. I could control how I expressed my interest. Those things I could control. And so when it comes to foreboding joy, think about understanding your capacity capacity for change. Allow yourself to observe what your mind is telling you about this situation. And then ask yourself, like, what is within my control? And how do I focus compassionately? Like, how do I support myself through focusing on that? And then how do I practice acceptance around, like, there's a ton of shit in our lives that, like, it just is. We can't control it. Stressing ourselves out about it is just making us feel worse. And I know that it is, like, very much easier said than done. And acceptance is something that comes up a lot when we talk, like, comes up a lot in coaching. So I hope this was helpful for you. And I I want you to keep listening. Do not stop listening because I also wanted to add in a couple fun things for you to consider and a specific question that is in my client check-ins. And I added this question in my client check-ins for a specific purpose. So if you are a coach, I want you to listen to this question and then I want, I'm going to share with you why I chose this question from a coach standpoint. And if you are just an individual listening, I want to explain to you how this question can be really powerful for you to put into practice. And so the question in my client check-ins, it's one of, I don't know how, I think it's like 12 questions or something. And my client check-ins are like almost like a journaling exercise. It's a self-reflection exercise that helps me give my one-on-one clients feedback on the week right? And it's also a way for my clients to empower themselves because I choose these questions very specifically to help them reflect and also problem solve. And so this question is, mentally walk yourself through the upcoming week. How could you best support or prepare yourself for what's ahead? And how will you make sure that that thing gets done? And coaches, I chose this specifically because this empowers my client to think about in a strategic way, what do I actually have coming up on my schedule? 
And what are the things that I can do now to anticipate any obstacles and potentially plan for those obstacles, right? And so this is very different than asking your client a question of what do you have coming up this week? How can I help you, right? Because this may be your client telling you simply the obstacles, but not necessarily thinking about how they can support themselves through those obstacles. When they answer a question like this, so like the one I just shared, you can then coach them around like, hey, you mentioned this strategy. I'd love to hear like how that's going to pan out or let's get more specific with it. But this gets clients thinking more problem solving rather than I'm just going to let my coach tell me what to do. And then from an individual standpoint, I want you to think about this as a way for you to set your future self up for success. And the more specific that you can get here, the better. I have one client in particular who is so great at this. She will actually say, these are the things I have coming up. I know that if I do this thing on this day, it is going to help me feel this way. And she is now capable of setting herself up for some really successful weeks because this is the way that she thinks. So I wanted to share that. And I also wanted to share that if you are a coach and you found this helpful, I do have a coach's mastermind that I run with a few specifically coaches that work with macro counting. And this is because if you're a coach that works with macros and you've taken macro certifications, you've likely learned really well how to give clients macros, give suggestions on macros, adjust their macros, but you may find that you get stuck when it comes to like certain client communication skills, helping clients through things like all or nothing thinking, or helping clients around emotional eating. And in my mastermind, we actually work through a lot of client scenarios and we help build communication skills. We help build um, responses and coaching skills that will help you help your clients address these things that are not solved by just like, hey, I'll adjust your macros. So if you are a coach listening and you'd like support with that, I have two spots in my mastermind that I am opening up and you can message me on Instagram if you'd like to open a conversation for that. And also, if you are someone who would love a little bit of work around self-confidence and body image, my beta group for the Confident Body program went better than I could have ever imagined. And I almost was in tears reading some of the feedback from this program. And so this program is really for those individuals who want to stop obsessing over the way that they look and start learning to build their self-confidence and love themselves no matter what size pants that they wear or how much cellulite they have or what the scale says. And this is about understanding like some days I'm not going to like how my body looks. Some days I might like how my body looks a little bit less. I may generally just like have things that I don't like and that has no bearing on my self-worth. And there are skills and tools and shifts that we can make to help you with that. And I want to share some feedback from The Confident Body and let you know that I will be opening up this program in November. And if you want more details on this program, there is a link in the show notes to add your email to the interest list to learn more about the confident body and how this will totally shift your relationship with your body and your body image. But here is some feedback from this program. So the confident body has completely changed the way I feel in my own skin. Since starting working with Jillian, I've learned to appreciate my body for what it can do instead of only focusing on what I see in the mirror. I've built up my toolkit to help me in situations 
where I'm feeling less than happy with the way I look in my clothes on a particular day or when I'm second guessing participating in an event because I don't want to wear shorts or a bathing suit. I've learned to stop letting my negative self-image keep me from enjoying my life and making new memories. And this program changed my life in a profound way and I am so grateful. So I'm going to wrap up this episode there. Again, if you want to chat with me either about mastermind or about body image or you want to share a reflection from listening um, the what I was talking about, about foreboding joy and finding joy in general, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you have been listening and you have not yet left me a rating, you can do that really easily on Spotify or Apple. You just tap the on Apple I think it's like you tap the stars and on Spotify you go to the show page and you can also tap the stars and that is so 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 helpful for other people to find the podcast so thank you for that and with that my friend it's Friday and oh my gosh so this is this is an update I'm going out at night for the first time and I do not remember how long no first time since last year and going out at night in Spain is very different than going out at night anywhere well in most places because we literally get to the club at midnight and for someone that likes to be in bed at midnight at the very latest wow check in on me tomorrow actually by the time you listen to this I will be fully recovered from my night out um so if you want ask me how it went maybe I'll share with you a little bit on Instagram and with that I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day no matter what it is that you're doing And thank you for being here.